NFT news never stops. So we made a weekly stop for all the things you missed. It's time for another installment of NFT Rewind with your hosts, Farouk and Crazy Carl. Yo, 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 what is going on? Good afternoon, NFT family. Thank you for joining us for your NFT weekly recap of the first week of March 2022. Another week in the NFT space has passed, which means we have a lot to recap. And it wouldn't be a true recap without the king of Rogue Radio himself, my brother, Farouk. Farouk, what is going on, GM? GM, 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 GM. It's a beautiful Sunday. Have a beautiful Sunday. The sun is shining in Montreal. It's above zero degrees Celsius, I got to say. So that probably means it's going to be a good show. You know, and it, you, you always bring the bright side, always a cup half full, which also gives me the energy because I need it today. So I'm feeding. Right- Too, bro. You know, you got to show up every day. You know? That's, That's right. Is, yeah. Sometimes the, when the baby doesn't sleep at night, it makes the daytime not as fun. But today. Oh, it's true. You have a baby. See, I'm in the position. Uh, I'm in a unique position. I know Amir went through that also uh, and probably is going through that still, but. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in that position where there's no baby crying in the background. So, <laughs> not, not yet. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. That'll be one a, day. But if for now, I'd rather not pull all my hair out. I need it. There's that's right. You, you need that beautiful, the beautiful locks of hair from Farouk. <laughs> we need that. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same without the locks of hair. Thank you, everyone, for being here. And thanks to our amazing panel. We've got Hal, Mandor, Steve, Simon, Fons, Aranito, and we probably will be pulling some more people up. But this is truly a community show. We've got a lot of community leaders up here to discuss uh, what has happened in this past week. And I'm excited to dive right into it. We are going to go over the top five trending news headlines of the week, and we'll be discussing each. And thank you again for being here. And let's go ahead and get started trending news headline number one ukraine fundraising efforts continue last week we recapped relief xyz and the ukraine dow two initiatives raising money for humanitarian efforts in ukraine ukraine dow ended up doubling in the days following the show and raised a total of 6.75 million dollars the news went mainstream and ended up getting airtime on major news outlets including cnn and abc keith grossman also came on last week discussing an NFT charity auction that ended that would go live on Tuesday through Time Pieces. Those auctions concluded this week as well and brought in 121 ETH or $354,000 in 24 hours. As dark as the situation is right now in Ukraine, the last couple weeks have shown how Web3 can be a light to humanity. Peer-to-peer donations to trusted sources in a time of need has been inspiring to watch. Farouk, have you ever seen anything like the quickness that everything was able to be put together and how has how inspiring inspiring has it been to watch uh, our un- united effort to raise money for Ukraine? Bro, it's always beautiful, man. You know, uh, no matter the, the no matter the uh, the cause, I hope that, you know, everybody keeps that same energy for, for everyone around the world at all times, right? What we saw last week was amazing. You know, another shout out to Ukraine Dao, you know, Nadia and, 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 and Andrew Wang and that team over there, Giovanni, etc. They crushed it. So, you know, that's always beautiful to see. Uh, obviously, we had the chance to partake uh, with Rug Radio into what Keith Grossman put together with time. Again, like, I just love how Keith is just here. You know, he's just part of us. So uh, it's really cool to see. I think they raised 300 grand as well. So, you know, nothing but positive outcomes out of that. It's plus EV. It's beautiful. You know my take. You get to collect dope art, support people, and 
And, you know, I hope uh, I, I really invite everyone, if anything, to keep that same energy, you know, at all times. And let's just keep, you know, showing the world that, like, we can do a lot through NFTs. Yeah, I thought that was one of the coolest things when I saw articles about it on uh, major news outlets is talking about the it amount changes, of money, right? right? It's just uh, it's, people yeah. are, that narrative around what NFTs are and what they can do when you're talking about how much money is raised in such a short time. It, I mean, there's no arguing that that is amazing. So I think that's so true. Let's go to Steve and then let's go to Tal. Yeah, no, I, I, I would just echo what, what Farouk said a little bit and you know, build on it is that um, it was it was awe inspiring. I mean, you know, it, I've seen it across the community at, at On Chain Monkey. We did something where we raised, you know, like it was amazing the way the community rallies and we we're able to raise like 120k in less than 24 hours. I mean, people are really willing to help in this crypto and NFT community. And in a world where we see headlines that tend to be negative related to crypto and NFTs, it's hard to drown out how much money and how the frictionless nature of crypto has allowed for all of us to do good. And so I'm, I'm glad to see that in the news. I'm glad to see, uh, you know, the, the way the community rallies and it brings back faith, I think, in a lot of things going on right now. Even in what we would call a, like a little mini bear market right now, people are willing to put their ETH, their money, their Bitcoin, whatever it is towards a good cause. And just to uh, build on on Farouk's like same energy, I hope that, you know, when this whole thing is, is wrapped and, and we kind of start to go back to, you know, things become more normalized in Ukraine, hopefully in a, in a, in a date sooner than later that we have that same energy when they rebuild. And it's not just like the sexy thing to do now, but we help we help them rebuild when they need that. And, and we have those same efforts going towards rebuilding and we don't forget about it is the only thing I would add. But I think it's, it's amazing. And it's the first example I think I've seen of the community universally rallying for something and just bringing good vibes to the space. And, and you know, it, it's crazy watching the whole community come together like this. So I've been so so proud of, of everybody in the nft and crypto community yeah i love that you also brought up that it is it's uh it's a wide range effort it's not just a couple people it's the whole community and i saw posts about it but it really it doesn't matter if it was 0.001 eth or or 100 eth that was donated like every person could contribute whether it was a few dollars or whether it was hundreds of thousands of dollars and all of that when you take it across the board is what really made the impact and there's so many com organizations that were uh, doing it. It wasn't just a few. It was so many people. Um, Tal, I saw your hand up uh, if you had something and then we'll go to Fonz. Yeah, I just wanted to add on what uh, you both said. You know, first of all, it is really, really heartwarming to see the community standing up for uh, the Ukrainian. But it's also beautiful to see how much acknowledged the world is understanding more and more the Web3 because those actions are good for the Ukrainian, obviously, and to, to and it shows humanity as well from all over you know from all over our community. But it also shows the world what's the power of the Web three and how much it can do good. Because a lot of people are skeptical. A lot of people are not believing in NFTs. They're not believing in you know the crypto. It's all scam. It's all you know there are a lot of hackers. Uh, so many bad vibes that are happening recently in the space. And it is so good, so 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 good. Oh my God, to see the involvement of the community and the people who are gathering together. I hope it's not noisy in the back. I'm sorry. Uh, people who are gathering together to actually help. And I saw also that someone actually donated his crypto punk worth in $230,000. So people are donating their um, NFTs. It's not only the money. It's not only, you know, the gathering together and trying to help you know, with clothing or with um, medical assistance. But it's also people are giving away NFTs that which they are, you know, they're they're probably bought it for much less and they made money on it. 
And instead of, you know, transferring it to themselves, they, instead of keeping it to themselves and, you know, and, and swap the money, they are giving it away. And it's just so beautiful to see and so heartwarming. And it shows that humanity is maybe not as bad as we all, you know, <laughs> maybe think. I don't think that humanity is bad, but, you know, some of some parts could be. So it is really good to see the community and the people around here coming up together with ideas and all the time concepts because the U- Ukrainian war is not ending tomorrow. There's always time to create new projects and new things that are, and I'm sure that the that stuff are going to come out as well uh, as we go. So I just wanted to edit out there. I love that, and I think that's a really powerful point too about um, focusing on how humanity humanity is um, always kind of pushing in the right direction, even when uh, there are hurdles in the way. Um, when you think about uh, like an autocrat or a shithead like Putin uh, trying to just destroy people, like that's one person. There's always bad actors in the world, but together we see more of a collective fight against bad actors. And I think that's really powerful. Fonz, I'll take it to you. Yeah. One thing that was absolutely amazing to me is not only the efforts by the community, which it doesn't surprise me at this point. I mean, those of us that have been here for, for a while, we know that the community can stand up and, and, and you know, put together funds for good causes. But the other side of the equation is how much Ukraine itself and their authorities embrace crypto. And they were going to do this airdrop, but then uh, they switched it and they're going to... Uh, do something with NFTs. Whenever they announced that, I had to pinch myself and I was like, what the hell is going on? I had to check the, the, the Twitter account three or four times to make sure that was the official, that I was looking at the official Ukraine account. It's just amazing to me how a country that is at war has embraced this technology as their financial structures uh, are, are in danger and destroyed. They're uh, you know, embracing this new technology that allows them to raise funds for their for their cause and meaningful meaningful funds as well. I'm really glad you brought that up. I remember um, seeing that as well in a tweet, and there was kind of uh, just seeing that the the country was able to put out a tweet about uh, the crypto donations because it's so easy and frictionless, uh, and even putting their wallet address where you could. Cr- uh, send donations is just like that just goes to show you know um especially in a situation like this where things uh, are more difficult things are becoming there there's more friction for that push of uh technology and innovation because it, it truly there is no really argument that it's the easiest way to be able to transfer funds right now to help um to help the people so i love that thank you for all of the that conversation i think it was important and we'll continue i'm sure talking about uh, what's going on with Ukraine and what, like you said, Steve, it's something that we can't just forget about. Uh, So often in media, we are caught up in headlines and then we move past them when it's, uh, when our distraction is just like, through the roof these days, especially when you look at how fast uh, this space moves or just the world in general. So I think it is important to continue to revisit, think about what we can keep doing, because this is a, if it doesn't matter if you are anywhere in the world, if you're in Ukraine, there's no, there is no getting around it. It's something you have to live with every single day in that fear. And so uh, we need to continue to unite together to remember that and not move on from it. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next trending news headline line number two community treasuries doodles really changed the game with such a large allocation of their mint and secondary royalties to a community treasury back in october 
of 2020. Their treasury has been a proof point for newer projects looking to build more forward-facing toward the community. Two projects that launched just this past week pledged a significant portion of Mint proceeds to a community wallet. Dented Fields with 30% and Starcatchers with 60%. This transparency to collectors seems to fit right in line with the evolution into a more Web3 ethos where transparency is expected and trust is earned. Both of those projects, by the way, are up over 100% from Mint just over a week ago. Farouk, what do you think about this shift uh, and this evolution in Web3 to more transparency, to more funds going to the community uh, to kind of help decide what how they're used? I've been very, 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 very vocal about this. Uh, so, you know, it's not even like, I'm not even celebrating this a headline. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's how it fucking should be. It's how it should have been. You know what I mean? It's not like a, wow, like they get like, it's just like, okay, you did exactly what you're supposed to do. Meaning you raised money to build something and you're putting the money into work to keep building something like you know, that's just how it works, right? Because the second you present a roadmap, you're not an art project anymore, PFP or whatever. If you present a roadmap, you're by default of business. We've talked about that. So it's just how it is. It's like going to an investor and say, hey, I'm looking to raise a million dollars at a $10 million valuation. And, uh, but guess what? I'm going to keep the money in my pocket and then I'm going to build. And then whatever comes out of it, maybe you're going to see it. No, it's like, yo, I'm taking that money. I'm putting it in. I'm building with it, right? So, I mean, we did that. We have like $5 million in our treasury at Rogue Radio. Something like that, depending on ETH price daily, right? But we have like one and a half mil in USDC and like three and a half, three to three and a half worth. Uh, it's like a thousand something ETH, right? So, and it keeps growing. 70% of secondary sales go into that and 50% of the mint. Doodles are crushing. Uh, I just love to see it. You know, I love to see it. Um, I know the projects you named did it and I know a lot of other projects are doing it now. It's just how it should be. And like, to be honest, if a project comes out and out of the bat doesn't, like kind of want to do that and this and that, I'd be kind of wary of them if they present a roadmap and do it. If it's an art project, this is that, I'm not like knocking that, it's different. Like it's just like you collected the art. But if it's like a project that presents itself as like a business with a roadmap, et cetera, then, um, you know, it, that's how it should be. So shout out to the Doodles. You know, we love we love that team. That goes without saying. What they did also truly innovative with smart contracts. So big shout out to them uh, and much love. We are one of the big, big, you know, legitimate project uh, in the space. And then, um, and then, yeah, I mean, and then the rest, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy about it, Carl. It's like, we're seeing a shift. Uh, it's more maturity as well. And perhaps more, uh, you know, more confidence in these projects. But then again, like, I, I'd love to see it like actually come to fruition, but it's a good first step. It's very good. I agree. And I think, you know, one thing that's really amazing is we've, we've watched, um, I mean, a couple things. If you're new to this space, like this whole NFT movement, especially with profile pictures and projects and roadmaps, is less than a year old. It really started back in May of last year. And so we're coming closer and closer to like this one year anniversary of like really the boom of like profile picture projects and these types of NFTs. And it's just kind of uh, crazy to look back at how the evolution has happened because we are going to, I could keep saying this, but for a very long time, it seemed very much 
like we have uh we're like building web 2 on the blockchain you're giving money to people you really don't know you're hoping it's going the right thing you hope that you're going to get return on your investment but that's not the ethos of what is powerful about the blockchain blockchain is supposed to be trustless and so if you're having to trust people like that's just like this medium of exchange that really it doesn't seem necessary you should be able to know what's going on and so now that we're seeing projects really start to do that and, and embrace that and now like Farouk said it should be a norm it should be something that if your project has any chance to succeed like you're going to do that and I think that's really powerful to the also the people that are in the space that are building now they're starting to recognize that the space is maturing people are getting smarter about the process and I think that's uh, really important Mondor I'd love to th- uh, hear your thoughts on this um, kind of as a builder in the space as well right okay i prefer to come back because when you were talking about baby crying my daughter was like crying on my shoulder and i just ran away in the room <laughs> as soon as you no came. no worries but no she's worries still crying but i'll be back sorry about that no worries no worries at all yeah no i get the struggle and i appreciate you're still up here even through that um i does anyone else have uh, any input on it steve go ahead yeah, I, I think, first of all, that's awesome. I, I love hearing that. And it's real life happens, right? Um, I also love the fact that, one, you think about old school business models and how think about how large corporations do everything in their power to hide their finances, to try to, you know, be be sneaky and think about those things. So having the transparency up front is, is awesome in the first place. But I think even better than that, and the Doodles model and what Evan and them did over there is amazing, is they really have turned NFT projects into these decentralized countries where instead of being in a country based in the piece of dirt you were born on, you're in this country based on common beliefs or what you like. And, you know, they can run them in different ways. They can be DAOs where you vote, right, with where you do with the ETH. Or it could be, hey, I trust this leadership to come up with it. But having it in there is, I, I think, such a big thing that they're taking a large percentage of their mint, of their uh, secondary sales, and putting them directly towards, you know, driving value for the community. And the community in turn rewards you by, you know, wanting to hold and getting to do cool things. And I love this idea of these almost decentralized countries, because again, not to not to go back on the first topic, but look at what everybody was able to do this past week for Ukraine during this tough time. Why? Because we all have these common shared beliefs in this area. And I think similarly, you know, whether it's we're going to throw a really, you know, cool, you know, really, really cool in IRL event or we're going to sanction a derivative or we're going to give money to a good cause. The fact that these funds are more transparently in one place for us to all vote on is like almost as, you know, decentralized countries, I think is just such a cool concept. And you can belong to more than one. It's not like you're just, you know, one simple country like, oh, I was born in America, so therefore I'm American. It's like you can be a, you know, a a bored ape, a cool cat, you know, a gutter cat gang, an on-chain monkey all at the same time. And I think that's so cool. So I love this. I, I agree. I think it's been a long time coming and I love that it's becoming the trend that it's people are copycatting the right things in this in this instance which i love yeah that's a really good point um we see a lot of like copy pasta copy paste stuff um but in this case when it's about the community like anything that someone does that uh embraces the web3 ethos more is always going to be something that i applaud and i think you're right that this is right in line with that because if we are looking to a better future where web3 can kind of um build you know more sovereignty you're able to create DAOs that actually can change the world 
like you said, you've got to start building these like moral compasses that are really, really important um, because that's the whole nature of the blockchain is is being a, allowing that trustless system um, because we don't know each other beyond the actions we take. And so as the actions become more in line with the words we're saying, that's when you're going to really be able to see a change in the space and you're going to continue to see Web3 evolve in the right direction. I love that. Anyone else want to speak on this before we move on? All right. We are... Oh, go ahead, Cal. I, 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 I was rocked at the beginning of what you said, but I have to add to what Steve said. You know, it is so, again, heart-touching. I, I grew up in Israel. And as an Israeli, I was always, you know, I was a, a lieutenant in the army for three years. And uh, and I've been in, in wars and I saw, you know, things that it's just it's just so sad to to for humanity and to step up now when it comes to unite countries from all over the place. I don't know. I don't know a lot of Ukrainian. I don't know a lot of um People, you know, from uh, other countries that are, you know, I- during the war, because I've been, you know, I we, we have experienced that in Israel a lot. But seeing that, it doesn't matter what country you're from. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It, to, to see the community coming together for a, a, an, an individual, for someone who is in need, it doesn't matter where is he from, really. It's I, I got to know so many neighbors of mine here on the space, and I'm just in love with each one of them. Neighbors, I mean, Iranian, Lebanon, you know, uh, Arab Saudi, uh, so many places that I would love to call home. I would, it was always in my dreams to visit them, to get to know them. And I've saw, you know, and my, my grandparents are from Poland. And Poland, I know, are on the borders as well. And everyone is, is going through the same fears. And, and being part of this community enables us to communicate with those people, even if they are during the war or next to the war. And being able to actually bring out our value, our, our knowledge, our, our experiment, experience in, in the field and actually bring good to the world and do good to our neighbors, no matter who they are, no matter how we, what the politics is or what religions they are or what language they speak. This is really heartwarming. And that's the beauty of NFTs and that's the beauty of this Web3 space. And I think that's why I'm so, so, so in love and so part of it. My whole body, soul, and everything, I wake up in the morning just, you know, diving into news and to updates into how can I, how can I evolve in this space? How can I actually help? How, who can I help? How can we reach out to more people? And, and I'm sure everyone else does as well. So I just wanted to say that because I'm, as, as someone who has been through, you know, you know, those kind of situations, I, I know that it, it's, it's so important to know that there are other people around the world that actually cares about you. doesn't matter where they are from or who they are. I think that's amazing. I, 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 I couldn't uh, have said it better. And I love what you said about how it doesn't like the moral compass that we create in this space has nothing to do with religion or politics. It's, it's about like the core values of just being a good person. And I think that's uh, really important. And I think that's something that does shine through in the NFT space time and time again. All right, let's go ahead. Um, In just a second, we're going to move on to trending news headline number three. But uh, my podcast system won't let me play the thing. Oh, well, we'll just do it without the sound bite. Yeah, Fro, can you do the music? 
Trending news headline number three. Withdrawal limits spark concerns of centralized banking. Right? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. You just got to okay, knock it. <laughs> I was really trying. I was really trying, but Same. but uh, but it was good. That was good. I, I've got my backup on stance now. <laughs> Tell the difference. I All right, here we go. Oh, look, it's working. Trending news headline number three. Withdrawal limits spark concerns of centralized banking. Russia's concern, currency has plummeted from sanctions around the world, leading to bank run concerns. Russian banks have placed limits on withdrawals to nearly all citizens. This just weeks after Canada also froze selected accounts of citizens. It's a reminder that the banking systems around the world are centralized and have complete control over your assets. Farouk, just in the last year since you've been into crypto and NFTs, I'd love for you to share and just talk about how your thoughts around centralization and decentralization has evolved. What would you tell someone new in the audience that doesn't quite understand how it's possible to see banks freezing assets or limiting your withdrawals uh, on things like uh, on things like your ATM or on your bank account? I mean, it's so crazy. I still have to like go through hell to send someone two grand, bro. To send a wire out. You know what I mean? It's like, and then we're here, like, you'll you'll rip 50K on a JPEG overnight, like, or something, or or you can send $7 million to Ukraine to help them out in, in a flash, you know? Like, it's it's so nuts. Like, I, I'm, I think we're at a stage where it's like, everybody gets it, and if they don't get it, then they're just about to get it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, there's, there's just, I think we're at this, like, turning point in the planet where it's like, you know, and it, that it's just there's no way around it. And then I think also that, you know, wars, so what you're seeing happening, you know, in Europe, even in for reinforces everything that we all kind of stand for and are for. But I want to give this one to perhaps someone who's who's more knowledgeable. I'll give it to Amir. I see his hands raised. But yeah, if anything, to me, it's just the pathway is clearer than ever. But go ahead, Amir. Oh, thank you, Farouk. One thing that I want to mention, uh, it relates to the recent incident of OpenSea closing accounts and in the subject of decentralization, one thing that we need to understand is in, in traditional financial markets, both uh, producing money and accessing to money is centralized, right? So if the central banks print money, it's centralized. And then in order to access that money or the banking system, you need to use the bank intermediaries and, and those are centralized. In crypto space or in NFT space, um, the pro production of the assets is decentralized. The blockchain is decentralized, but the access to it is highly centralized, at least now, right? So. In some sense, the OpenSea incidents just showed us that even though we are claiming or at least willing or dreaming to live in a decentralized world with freedom of, of transacting or sending assets around, the access to that blockchain is highly, highly, highly centralized, right? And it's just done by all those corporations that because they are corporations, because they're registered entities, mainly in states, they need to comply with the laws of the states. This is what we've seen with OpenSea. They had their own policy as, as, as the largest NFT marketplace on the planet. 
because they are an institution, they had to adhere to the policies of the United States, especially on, on, on for, for sanctions countries. So they had to block certain countries from accessing their website. What people did, however, was like they use VPNs to connect to the website. And at some point recently, a couple of days ago, OpenSea decided to identify whoever connected to OpenSea through a VPN and close their account because the assumption was if you use the VPN, it means that OpenSea wasn't accessible for your country. So this is how it all happened. Now, one thing that we need to discuss and we need to find a way as a community that's um, willing to live in a decentralized world is we need to build tools and we need to build access to the blockchain in a decentralized media, right? We need to create and build decentralized tools, decentralized nodes. It's not only sufficient to create a marketplace. That marketplace needs to talk with the blockchain through nodes. And those nodes are being maintained and built by centralized entities. Like in FIRA, they, they are registered entities. They can block access to the blockchain, and they did. Like MetaMask is actually inaccessible in, in certain countries because the node which enables the medium, the, the extension or the marketplace to talk to the blockchain blocks that. So we need to maintain our nodes. We need to create and maintain our marketplaces, our platforms, which are truly, I mean, it's impossible to go through, uh, like truly decentralized, completely decentralized. It's impossible. It needs some level of centralization, but as, as long as that level is below certain level, it, it, it can operate in a decentralized manner. So we need to think about all of those. And this is a very important topic because what happened for, uh, for those people uh, of Iran and many other countries, that just shows how insecure we are. We are highly dependent on centralized entities to access our decentralized assets. And those centralized entities, they can block our access anytime they want. And there's nothing that we can do. So this is why this is one of the most important topics, I believe, in uh, other sort of activities in the NFT phase. We need to do something about that. We need to discuss, we need to brainstorm, and we need to find ways to overcome that. And uh, by that, I'm going to on done speaking. I, I think I, um, I was just always inspired when you talk because it's so true. There needs to be more tools. But something that a lot of people uh, forget is, you know, in, and I think that isn't well known, is when you're on Nifty Gateway or if you're on, uh, you know, Coinbase, these are centralized exchanges. We're starting to see how centralized even OpenSea is, which is a platform that communicates, like you said, decentral uh, into decentral wallets but it's uh it is so true like if you uh it, it's one of those things if you're not able to access your assets so yes your assets are still on the blockchain but you're not able to get to the market where you can sell them well that's an issue because now you have zero liquidity and so these are really big problems that have to be discussed because uh as we 
this is becoming more clear as we see more um, conflict and more stress on sovereign nations and ecosystems and governments. It's uh, you start to see how there's kind of this fight against decentralization because it kind of uh, it undermines uh, some of that authority. And so I think what you're going to see is this is going to become a trend in the years to come where these fights uh, continue. And so we have to, as a community like Mondor said, continue thinking about this. It really should be uh, towards the top of our thoughts because it does it. It's everything is great until it starts affecting you. But I guarantee anyone that all of a sudden lost access to who knows how much uh, of their assets they they had, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars that now they just have zero access to. That is a huge, huge problem that undermines everything that we're building. So we've got to continue thinking about I think that we also we need to understand is not only the creators were affected. As a collector, if I have a work from that creator, because that creator is being blocked, all the assets are, are like not being shown on OpenSea, right? So if OpenSea is the is the reference as a collector for myself, I'll, I'm actually losing those access, assets that are paid for because the creator is being banned. So it's not only an issue for the creator, it's a problem for collectors as well. It's the problem for the whole space. I'm not, so this is the thing. We need to understand it's not about condemning OpenSea. OpenSea is just a business. They, they are a business, they are a registered business and they are doing what they need to do. But we as a community, if we want something different, if we want to truly live decentralized, we need to create decentralized marketplaces. We need to create decentralized nodes. Don't forget that a decentralized marketplace is not enough as long as it relies on a in a centralized node. Again, they can block access. So this is one of the most important topics that we need to understand. On, uh, I mean, otherwise, down the line, we'll see our assets one by one goes missing because the creators are being blocked or the platforms decide, okay, I don't want to show this asset or that asset goes against the laws of that country. So this is a serious issue and we need to address it immediately. I'm you know, um, I want to ask you one other thing, Mondor, because I think it's important, but you see, especially when we had um, the ICO boom in, in 2017 and into 18, you see a lot see a lot of companies uh, kind of saying that they're decentralized. Like you said, Meta MetaMask would claim they're decentralized, but then you just talked about how uh, you could still kind of have it taken uh, from you, or you saw like buy Binance, when they first were promoting their exchange, called it a decentralized exchange. How important is it for us to really understand when we're using decentralized tools or not? Because uh, if there's this, like this misinformation or this misunderstanding, you can think you're safe, and then all of a sudden uh, you realize you're not when it's too late. Carl, to be honest, there is not a single truly decentralized in sense of having not to worry about losing your assets or losing your access at the moment. We don't have any decentralized platform, none. All of those platforms that you see that they are at least a little more decentralized than others. Here's the problem with them. When you're decentralized, that's all right. That's okay. Let's say you have your nodes and you have your everything. At some point, you need to access the traditional financial market, the centralized financial market, let's say you want to convert your uh, your cryptocurrencies to a fiat currency. 
that's where you need to access the financial market, the centralized financial market. And that's where they say, okay, in order for you to access our services, you need to implement these kind of policies into your system. So that again, that becomes centralized because those owners of that decentralized marketplace need to access the traditional financial market and the traditional financial market asks them to implement different policies. So these are all the complicated issues around being truly centralized, like likes of exchanges. Those exchanges, they need to access traditional financial system. They need to in order to survive. That's why they need to implement certain policies. Marketplaces like OpenSea with, with turnover of billions of dollars, of course they need to access the, to the traditional financial market. How else they want to use that money, right? So that's why they need to implement policies that is being dictated by the government. So thinking about decentralization, we need to think about a truly decentralized space. And one of them is more use cases for cryptos where you don't need to convert your asset, your crypto into fiat currency. So then you, you, you don't need a, a traditional financial market. There are lots of other subjects around that. And I mean, it's not as simple as doing a smart contract and doing a marketplace or running a node. There are many other things that we need to consider in order to become fully decentralized. That's so true. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you were up here to, to chat about that because you are extremely knowledgeable when it comes to the, the importance of decentralization. So thank you for speaking. Fonz and Ron, I know you both had your hands up um, at, at certain points. Did you guys want to include or, or add on to anything? No, I'll pass. I think that Mondar um, covered it very well. I agree with everything that he said, and it'll be interesting how these fully decentralized mechanisms, if they really come to fruition in the you know, next months, next years, I think there should be a fully decentralized marketplace, but obviously that comes with the technical challenges of how to do that um, in the blockchain. Ron? Yeah, I think just one thing to add on to it, I'd be curious, Mondor, if you would think that some of the legislation that's coming up here for review next year that, you know, maybe as just as lovers of the blockchain and, and trying to see some of this uh, decentralization come to fruition, it seems like a lot of legislation may have to relax um, in order for that to happen. Is that something that we should be on the lookout for or, or writing to, you know, our representatives? What, what do you think about that side? Um, to be honest, this is the thing. The, the traditional financial system is where the governments are controlling mass, right? So this is the, the, the whole purpose of creating a centralized financial system, because that's where you control the masses. And it's, it's impossible for us to think that the governments would give away that authority that they have, that tool they have, that they have to control us. So it's impossible. They might ease it a little bit. They might say, okay, I mean, we accept Bitcoin for like tax purposes, or that country says Bitcoin from now on is a legal tender. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be decentralized. Again, you need to go through. I mean, whenever one country or one official body says we're going to accept Bitcoin or the crypto is good, it's just bad for this space because that means that they want to implement more policies and more regulations into crypto, right? So whenever government decides to ease on something, that means that they have a plan, they build thought of, and they have a plan to just 
being more regulative over that part. So I'm, I'm really not optimistic about governments becoming more easy on cryptos. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that too. Ernito? Yeah, so, so you know, I just wanted to, you know, bring up, um, um, you know, on the same, the same banking uh, topic. So, so I had an account with the RBC in, in Canada for 33 years. And I don't know if, you know, they got a call from government or something happened. But after 33 years, I get a, I get a letter that they're shutting down all my bank, anything I had with them. Okay. And, um, and I'm not sure if it was the crypto trading, if it was anything that has to do like, uh, you know, in and out or any transaction I did. But I was not able to get any answers from them as to, sorry, we do not have um, a strong um, connection with with uh, with our customers so we reserve the right to close our our account you know this brings just like open they shut they they shut down artists and and it's probably in their policy when you sign up uh your, your account and you don't know but in real life all these people all these you know centralized um, um, uh, companies you sign and you accept uh the the, the agreement to, to be you know uh, the, their clients you have to um, obey, like you have to follow the rules, and and I think that was that was crazy. They just you know, all of a sudden just shut me up. Well, and, that, uh, that's because RBC is trash. I use yeah, the RBC. So I, I just want to double down on that. I'm on the verge of changing. Literally Monday, that my to do list tomorrow is switch banks. Uh, RBC is literally pure trash. Smaller example of what they did to me last week. I received a payment in US dollars. And they decided to convert it to Canadian dollars and put it in my bank account, my Canadian account. They did that same mistake four times. It's like, it's just small things like that. It's like, I don't want the 1.25 conversion rate that you're giving me. I want my USD. You know, it's just small things like that. It's, it's you know, I, I'm with you, Aaron, on that. If you're Canadian and <laughs> if you work at the RBC right now, I'm not sorry. It's, bank is straight trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. No, but, I love that. It, this is that's the power sure, like, of the free speech market of decentralized Twitter. Well, it's not decentralized. We could get shut down or rugged anytime. But you get what you get what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying. Steve Steve, what do you what do you got, man? And then we'll close out. This has been a really good topic and I appreciate Aaron you uh, bringing up a real-world example of how this is affecting someone yeah. on stage right now. Yeah, Aaronito got me uh, inspired for this piece because I, I couldn't add anything that the other smart, uh, brilliant speakers had, hadn't already said, but then I was thinking about it. And one of the things I actually love about Web3 crypto and spaces like this is that we have conversations about it. Like when the bank does something stupid or bad, it's like too bad, so sad, tough cookies, right? Like that's what you hear. But when it comes to these conversations, um, you know, not to like minimize it, um, but like when it comes to these conversations about, um, you know, as Amir was talking about, you know, crypto and, and how, A, it's, is it really truly decentralized? Is It's decentralized, but the methods of using it and getting it are not. What's the first thing we do? Like, and this is not the exact same example, but, you know, when you talk about what happened, um, you know, with the uh, DMCA earlier, maybe last week or whenever it was, it's hard to keep track of time. What happened? We all had conversations about it, respectful debates and conversations about it. And I think that that's one of the power. If it's like, that's tough, it, the, you know, tough noogies, that's it. But when it comes to things like this, it's, it, you know, is it going to surprise anybody if somebody comes out with a more decentralized, and I know that that sounds a little bit like it's not, you know, more decentralized, you're either decentralized or you're not, but a more decentralized system. 
Uh, it would not surprise me in the slightest. And I think that that's what's great about these conversations is we continue to push for a, a more perfect option for everybody where some people like a little more centralization. That's great. They have those options in OpenSea, Coinbase as it comes out, or um, a more decentralized option. It, it wouldn't surprise me. So just commenting on things like this and the space and the freedom to have these conversations is something that I absolutely love about the Web3 and, and crypto communities. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I do think we'll continue to see more and more tools. It's something that I think um, the smartest people uh, in the space are also constantly thinking about because it is a it's a threat um, to basically the innovation. Uh, and so I think it's something we'll continue to see a lot of people working on. Um, but definitely in the meantime, something we'll continue to work to educate on as well, because I don't think these kind of headlines about uh, money being frozen, or especially with people in crypto now, it's like uh, banks are uh, start to flag people. I've heard a lot of people having to answer questions from their bank after transfers because of the amounts of money. And, and these are things that are going to become more common as people are able to make money. And so, uh, like Mondor said, one of the, the biggest solution is making it so you don't have to go into fiat anymore, create uh, more market for crypto and being able to transact peer to peer. And so that's, uh, I think, in the long run where we go. But um, in in regards to the intermediate and short term, that that doesn't really solve the problem. So uh, it's something that I think we'll continue to talk about. Uh, thanks, everyone, for that. That was a really good uh, uh, conversation. Let's go ahead and move on to the next topic trending news headline number four tomorrowland to see first ever nft artists take center stage tomorrowland is a huge dance music festival held annually in belgium since 2005 this year it will take place between july 22nd and 24th over 400,000 people attend the festival and it's one of the most significant worldwide this week it was announced that nft artist bored ape rave club will be performing at tomorrowland on the main stage for oak when we talk about culture doesn't get much better than this. Less than a year ago, people were wondering how IP could be used, and now we have an ape being featured as a musical guest on EDM's biggest stage. What are your thoughts about how far we've come in less than a year when it comes to IP uh, and NFT culture um, penetrating the world market? Dude, I, 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 I love that stuff. I mean, I was at EDC last uh, this year. I was going to say last year. It feels like a year ago. Um, but there was this like DJ, what's his name? We all know him too. But anyways, he, he was mixing and he had his ape going off. It was fun to, funny to see. Uh, but yeah, dude, I mean, look how far we've come. Just, you can only imagine how far we'll, we're going. I mean, I, I, I posted this tweet today. I feel like I, I don't know about you guys, but I, 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 you guys were all around too, but last April, remember last year, that's kind of like the feel I'm getting right now where all the, everyone's saying and the famous nfts are dead article that went viral and the markets are down 90 percent, and the sentiment on google is down and this and that like that's exactly what i'm getting and so i tweeted out it was like it's like an hour ago and i was like you know um stay focused stay determined and stay creative i think that you know um obviously space not going anywhere i think that's not even a topic of discussion here because we're all we all agree with that but um, you know, definitely excited to see now the next step is how people get creative with their IP and their, their, their NFTs and their projects and what they, they, how they want to apply that to, to the IRL space. Uh, but Simon, go right ahead, bro. Uh, 
What's up? Uh, yeah, first I actually heard that, so that's that's awesome knowing that's yeah, happening. Yeah, same. And, <laughs> it's really uh, cool. You know, but it brings on a, a topic I've been you know thinking on heavily, like coming from the entertainment world. Um, I actually did a poll on this a couple weeks back. I mean, not like uh, I wish I had broke through the numbers so we could get a better sense. But I asked in five years from now, uh, or I think it said ten. Do you think the largest celebrity will be someone, either an athlete, a movie star, or a film show, or will it be like a, a digital character? And most of it came back as a digital character or, or NFT, depending on what it looks like in five, ten years from now. And I completely agree with that. Uh, it, it's a paradigm shift on where we're moving in that direction. Uh, it kind of ties into so much that goes on with just how you've seen society build celebrities over time. You know, and in the younger generation of like movie stars, there's not as many anymore. Uh, I mean, for a multitude of factors, it's shifted more towards either people on TikTok or social media. And that's just because of what the younger generation and attention span has kind of grown to. Uh, but even with that, uh, there's so many challenges uh, and constraints to when you're trying to do like physical production with, with real people and it takes time and the creativity that goes into it. So now the fact that we're able to bring in these digital characters that can, not, that can be in multiple places at once too. It doesn't just have to be... Uh, at the one stage in Tomorrowland, it can be going across many stages at the same time. And I really think we continue to move forward in that direction. Um, and one last point on that too. Hope oh, my dog doesn't bark. Sorry. Uh, one last point on that is now, instead of just one group having like the ownership of that, like entire IP, you give so many people the opportunity to go build on it themselves. And I think that's really the multiplier effect that we're just in the beginning stages of seeing. And like Board Ape has really started to do that. And I think we're going to see it in so many more uh, use cases. I'm really glad you said that. I think another thing, too, is like we see um, the disruptive uh, tech and the innovation behind NFT start to play out now. Um, but one thing that's really important to realize, especially even as you look at something like Aku Dreams, uh, is just like what Micah Johnson is doing is that this is something like creating a movie or like creating brands doesn't happen overnight. And so the the innovation is starting, but it does take time. And uh, you don't get, I, I think, our short term uh, mindset. And because of the noise of the space, we expect so much in a short time. But in uh, any of these industries, especially entertainment industry, it takes, you know, years for production. And there's so many professionals that, you know, I've had on the Crazy About Crypto show that talk about that. And I think it's really important to remember that there's so much being built in the background that we haven't even seen yet. And I think, like you said, it starts to compound that all of a sudden, in years from now, it's just everywhere we look, there's different, uh, there's different brands being built around or different entertainment or music or new shows. And so I think that's something uh, that's really exciting to think about. And, and I, I'm excited for the direction that we're headed with that. Let's go to Fonz. Oh, this is one of the topics that excites me the most. Um, I think we're going to continue to see a big, big intersection between traditional media and NFTs. And, you know, Simon is doing something super interesting with nuclear nerds. Um, we're seeing more and more projects that are building partnerships with the traditional media brands, everything that Keith is doing with time. It's it's just the future, but not only just the part partnerships aspect of it and the intersection of traditional media with NFTs, but 
the intersection of the real world and how you'll be able to interact with your tokens um, in the real world. I think that that is something that that uh, will be super interesting. And when you talk about music festivals, I could definitely see uh, brand activations for the Board Apes, for the Cool Cats, for the Doodles um, at Coachella, at Lollapalooza, at ED, um, you know EDC. Tomorrowland, I think we're going to see that. And, uh, you know, we haven't been able to see it because of the pandemic. But now that we're, we're getting more into a sense of normality uh, and these festivals are back in action, I think that we're definitely going to see that in the, in the very near future. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Tao, go ahead. I just wanted to add on what everyone here said, you know, that... Uh, Yes, Coachella, obviously, as you know, that you know they're having their NFTs and, and Tomorrowland. But for me, one of the most exciting things that I can't wait to see is the Burning Man. And I think that all the art cars and the music, uh, the music stages that are out there. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of Burning Man for many many years. I've been going every year, and I cannot wait for the next one because I do believe it's going to uh, b- blend into that so naturally. And also, I just wanted to uh, to uh, spot on the Super Bowl that was, you know, recently, and a lot of us thought, oh my God, it's going to be full of NFT stuff. You know, people are going to show their apes and going to, you know, all the singers and all the artists are going to come out and and talk about their NFTs. And it didn't happen, but I think it's good because it just shows us it it did happen. It's it's it, it, some portions. I mean, uh, I Snoop Dogg there during the show and it was really beautiful to see. But we only knew that at least, you know, we we knew that he was wearing his own rug. I saw it. Um, I saw his rug and I saw his what he was wearing, but it just shows us how we are at the beginning of everything and how many things are going to happen and more and more media and events and big organizations are going to shift into that. We all already seen, you know, Justin Bieber and Eminem and all, you know, so many famous musicians getting uh, board apes or so many others, and they're going to bring it into the real world for sure. The shifting is just about to begin and if to, if, if to add to that i think that the whole nft industry at the form that it is today and i actually just posted it like a few hours ago on my on my uh, wall in in my twitter and my, my reel on my instagram i just shared that i think that the nft industry in the form that it, it exists today is not going to exist at the same form in few months or in in a year or maybe in two years i don't know how long but it's going to shift completely because it's been blended into reality, because people more and more understand the power of the Web3 and the opportunities that it opens up and, and how much the community building is important and how much NFTs themselves are going to shift. So collections that you see right now might be go down to zero. And there's only like one or two percent that are really going to value high in the future. And so many things are going to be changed. The people are going to be changed. The environment, the experiences, and I do believe that we're just really the beginning. And, and I'm so happy to be part of the beginning because that's how you really know how to build a future. When you've been there from the beginning, you can see the changes. It's like on social media. I've been there in 2005 before anything was out, everything was starting. And I saw the involvement of it. And it's just so exciting to see how it started and to see where we are at today. So... Everything is just really at the beginning of it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that we're going to continue to see more and more of that. And before we move on, I just had to go over it because I heard the rumors too, Farouk, that you ha- hand-knitted one of your rugs and sent it to Snoop Dogg. Is this true? <laughs> 
Isn't um, it true? Or I'm mistaken? <laughs> um, Wasn't it true? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I saw him wearing something that looked like just um, like one of your rugs, but I don't know. I don't know. Farouk just... did tweet because Farouk <laughs> tweeted that he was. I, uh... See, so Farouk, you are the misinformation king, is listen, what we're hearing. <laughs> listen, you don't have the answer, Sway. No, but, you know, Carl, listen, listen. Um, I think I won that night for the best free advert during the Super Bowl halftime show. I paid $0. I got a million impressions for a tweet. Uh, and people pay 100 grand north of that, usually. And I was free game. And then, oh yeah, you that, you won y'all. the internet between that and the that, Board Ape Yacht Club. Not only that, y'all, I have a recording of my spaces two days ago with Snoop, the man himself, saying that he saw my tweet and that he thought it was funny, and then he followed up with, "What the fuck is Rock Radio?" <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but oh, I love and, it. And, and he and, and said that he wants to join us. But anyways, point being was Tal. It was a joke, but it was just perfect because it literally looks like the standard punk rug that we <laughs> that Jeremiah made. It, it is. It happened. Like it was it. like the perfect coincidence because so after after him, your tweet, I did go back and yeah. look. It really looks exactly like his uh right? his it's clothes. Like perfect. I was like, yo, thank you for wearing the rug on Spaces, and he was like, yeah, he saw it. He thought it was hilarious. It's just like, yo, know, you know what, Tyler? I might have to start producing these. Like, That's what I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna rug, say, rug radio is going into fashion line next. Bro, we want the rug. We want the rug onesies. I don't know. But the, the, we'll call them the rugsies. The universe oh. just has a way of working that way, and that was amazing to see. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's exactly how it was, right? It's like the universe just came forward and then just delivered, hands me, handed me this meme. You yeah, know, the memes they they write themselves, right? The best ones. <laughs> it was beautiful. Okay. It was that the Super Bowl night was full of lots of uh, of fun on Twitter. In the end, uh, even though we were disappointed with uh, not very much happening in the Super Bowl halftime show, we had our own fun, and that was great. All right, one more Carl, topic. Carl, go ahead. We were also upset with uh, you know the final score of the game for some betting purposes, but let's not go completely there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, you got it next year, guys. Yeah, we've got to we've got to stick stay focused next year, here. Y'all, next year. Ne- we'll. We'll focus on the bagels again one day. Yes, go bagels. <laughs> All right, here I mean, we no, go. No more bagels. Dude, I lost one ETH on that. Oh, Fuck God. The the ba- yeah. yeah, you're you're not feeling the bagels anymore. Yeah, I don't like the bagels. No way. <laughs> it's over. Dude, like, I, I put my bet on y'all, like, yo, this Burrow guy, blah, blah, blah. I don't look at football. I put my money on you guys, and you guys failed me. You owe me one ETH, Carl. No, you know what, Farouk? I'm pretty sure I never, I never gave any sort of uh, prediction. You just heard the name Bengals and you ran with it hard every time we talked. You said you just kept going with the bagels, and I, I just y'all, went, y'all I went with up. it, man. I did. I hyped you up. I am, I am to blame for that. I apologize. You treated me like one of your PFPs, Carl. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I was, uh, I was pumping Farouk's, uh, Farouk's uh, Super Bowl bet hard. You pumped your burrow. You pumped <laughs> All right, let's move on. We've got one more, which is a little somber, but we're going to do it anyways because it's important. Let's hit it. The legend. This week, a lot of money passed away. As a crypto art OG, many new to the space may not have been familiar with him, but for anyone that has been in the space for over a year, likely was very familiar with a lot of money and the incredible art and soul he brought to the space with his work. 
I wanted to open up the stage to anyone that had some words about maybe memories for, uh, with a lot of money to give him the space and recognition he deserves today. Farouk, I know you had posted on Twitter about the loss and some conversations that you had with him, so I'd love for you to start. Uh, I mean, I'm really grateful that you're bringing this topic up. Uh, kudos to you, Carl. That's a good one uh, to, to, to close with. I mean, um, rest in peace, a lot of money, our thoughts and prayers with this family. I believe you had a daughter. Um, and, you know, um, we lost we lost a pillar of crypto art, you know, and we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for art pushing uh, NFTs forward, first and foremost. And, you know, a lot of credit goes to the artists, but people like a lot of money, you know, just just really pioneered this space and are, are, are extremely important to the history of, of the space. And I think, Amir, you're probably going to be in a better position than, than us talking about that. I don't know if you have a piece of this. I'm sure you do because your collection is incredible but it's just like it's sad you know it, it made me sad i was like wow like you know like it's just like it's 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 just you know it's always sucks losing someone uh, no matter how close you are to them or not and to hear these stories and you know it reminds you that life is short and if you're an artist like create 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 claire silver wrote about that i think yesterday or something which keep on creating you never know when the music's gonna stop and uh and really if anything that's something and my only memory with with a lot of money it doesn't go that far but I, he had a drop with um, on Origin with um, with the other um, crypto art OG, and, and and I'm sorry that I'm losing my thoughts for a second here. I was just thinking about it. He, it kind of took me out of. Uh, it was um, it was with uh, with Trevor Jones. Did a, a drop with Trevor Jones and Don Diablo back then on Origin, and I remember hosting that. But what struck me was the depth of the conversation that I ended up having with him and Trevor and Don and everyone on stage, but just hearing his thought process, his passion for the art. These are conversations that, you know, that's honestly one of the reasons why I like to, it's just, it's just if you're in this space, like, you know, we're talking about art a lot, art a lot, there's a reason why. So go dig into the OGs, look at their work, study them, because this is what brought us here. But Amir, do you, do you have any any artwork from, from him or any words to that? Because you would be in a better position than me here too. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, um... One of the pieces that I got from a lot of money was when um, Bonham's, an auction house in the UK, had a collaboration with Super Rare, and one of the pieces there was for a lot of money. And I actually beat them piece, and I ended up winning. And he was so humble to reach out, and he had a, a short conversation. Uh, he was like, like, like all those artists, especially OG ones that you see in this space, they're so selfless. And I mean, in, it, sometimes it's it's unbelievable that you lose someone that is so part of your daily life now, right? Like the, these two people, Jin and a lot of money, these yeah. people were like part of the other existence in the NFT space. Right, I'm thinking about losing them. Thinking about they are not here anymore. It just it just seems unacceptable. Um, it's 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 unreal. Like for a lot of money, I mean, with the conversation that I had with him, he well, like, like selfless, so kind, and so 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 in love with creating art, and he had his unique way of creating art you don't see 
like works similar to his, right? So it's like he had maintained his own method of creating his signature artworks. Whenever you see a work from him, I mean, you just you just realize this is from a lot of money. And losing him or any other of those people that are sort of pillars or main reasons for the NFT space, it's so sad. It's so devastating. And um, maybe we should realize that we need to give more attention to those people who are the reason that we are here, right? If they weren't for likes of a lot of money or X copy or all those OG artists that were creating even before NFT was a thing, we wouldn't be here. I mean, the NFT space wouldn't be here, especially the NFT art. So maybe we need to understand that before we lose anyone else, because that's life, and all of us were getting old day by day. So before we lose anyone else, let's celebrate those who are still here. Let's have them, let's celebrate them, let's talk about them, let's let's appreciate their art, their creation, their existence, and uh, their, their sort of share uh, in this space. We should not forget those people, NFT, even though it's so interesting, making money, flipping, all those things, but we should always remember there were people who were the reason for us being in the NFT space, and there were people who gave credit to this space by creating beautiful and meaningful art and a part of this the history of NFT. Let's celebrate them. Let's not forget them. Let's have them before they are gone. Mm. I think that's powerful. I think another thing that, like you said, comes to mind about a lot of money. I uh, early before 2021 and 2020, when I first was getting involved in the space, he had a couple of nifty gateway drops and his, like you said, his artwork just is uh, so unique that it draws you in and you're like, wow, I need to look at some of his other stuff because it's so interesting. And if you go and take a look at some of any of these OG uh, crypto artists, like a lot of money, you realize that in their art it is also very much about... Um, the truth around blockchain. We're talking about the power of decentralization uh, today, and you can see they understand it on a deeper level. That's why they were crypto art uh, artists first, because they understood the power of the blockchain. And you can see a lot of that in a lot of money's artwork as well, um, really kind of testing uh, the idea around why the blockchain exists uh, today and the power of decentralization and uh, testing kind of the, the ethos around why they're creating art on the blockchain to begin with. And so encourage, like you said, uh, to go and look at his work. The other really beautiful thing that I'll end on here too is that the, what is amazing out of this is that his artwork will live on forever. Uh, the the pieces he minted will never will never be gone. They will always be on the blockchain. And we've talked a little bit about this, um, especially when the when we see the space so young, it's hard to really put that into perspective. But when you think in a situation like this, where a lot of money, all of his, he will no longer be creating. And this goes to what uh, Farouk said, like about that journey to continue to create while you still can. Uh, because this is, once, you, once you're 
once you're out of this world, once something happens, uh, all that's left is what you've left behind. And he's left a, an incredible, um, just a testament to his thoughts, his his mind, and his soul because of the artwork he's put out. And I think that's, uh, that's a really beautiful thing. And um, before we end, I'd love to just uh, take a, a minute or a few seconds in silence to, to remember him. Thank you. All right. Thank you to everyone for being here today. This has been such a fun show. Um, before we start to close out, Farouk, is there anything that you wanted to, to touch on? I know you have another space coming up if you wanted to share about that before we close out. I mean, yeah, I'm hosting a Dow Dart Sales uh, reveal, but it's going to be interesting. It's in uh, 40, 40 minutes-ish uh, because I'm curious to dive into the artist. That's why I told him I said I want to make sure the artist is there because he has quite the rich history uh, from collabs with Louis Vuitton, Ikea, Adidas, and a bunch more. So it's going to be fun. Um, but besides that, I mean, no, I mean, y- y'all keep on thriving, keep on building. You know, tomorrow's Monday, new day, new week, and uh, just keep having fun in the space. Collect dope art, meet dope people, and keep it up, and we'll see you next week. I love what you said, too, about the art. Like, I think that's another trend in the space we'll talk about, I'm sure, in the future, too. But we're seeing more of the artists take center stage, which is so beautiful with these projects. Is like it takes the entire team and giving that respect to the people that create the art is so important. So thanks for pushing for that, because I think that's uh, that's dope that you're doing that. All right, guys, the NFT space is a constant news cycle, but we'll do our best every Sunday Sunday to filter out the noise and bring you the best weekly recap as you navigate through NFT waters. A reminder that our journeys are all personal and our conversations are never financial advice, but for educational purposes only. I also want to shout out the Crazy Carl Collective. Crazy Carl's not my real name. I'm just one voice in the Crazy Carl Collective. We're an entity in the Web3 space working to build and grow together. Faroque is a Crazy Carl as well as many people in, on stage and in the audience. Audience. If you're not in the collective, I encourage you to follow us, watch us, and then join us. Thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Peace out. And that's a wrap. Another week of nonstop news packed into an hour of fun. All conversations on NFT Rewind are for educational purposes and should never be taken as financial advice. Thanks for ending your week with us, and until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse. <laughs>